Welcome back. Welcome back. Sorry we uh, took the night off, but it's trade deadline weekend, and now it's worth this waiting is the extra Lee's 24 night, hours. Your night of post-game podcast. We're still not at the end of the deadline yet, but we got to talk about what happened. The made moves. Actually, everybody did, but we got to talk about the Leafs first and foremost. Uh, but we will recap the game before we get into that. Joining me tonight, Southey. After a long break, been working. Happy to have you back. Very long hiatus, but uh, yeah, really nice to be back, especially on this trade deadline pod. Well, thank you so much. And uh, D'Artagnan Brodinski, Darty Brodeur himself, is also here. Thank you. What? What? So, uh, Leafs in Nashville. Not the prettiest game. I mean, we were all hyped up after the two wins from Shalgren. Uh Leafs got, I mean, 60 minutes, we'll say they got outplayed. They had a couple little surges where they uh, tried to mount a comeback, but man, Nashville hits hard. And speaking of hitting hard, Janot opens the scoring in the first period. That dude has over 200 hits this season. It's ridiculous how many hits he has. Considering he's leading the league in rookie goals, too, that's quite impressive for him. Yeah, he surpassed uh, Shea Weber's record for uh, single hits in a year with the Nashville Predators, and it's only... You know, there's still 20 games left. That's crazy. I don't even know. Exactly, right? I don't even know what to say. Like, the dude hits, like, wild. And he scores like crazy. It's, it's Especially, nuts. Especially, like, in Shea Weber's prime back there. He was hitting everything that was in the corners. Yeah, I think uh, last I checked him, I think it was 217 hits or something he had. It's crazy. That's, like, he must be averaging over five a game. Like, or that's one every shift. Man. Put him on I the mean, cover you... of NHL Hits 2022, all right? Come on, <laughs> oh, mid- come on, Midway Games, make it happen. Please, those were awesome. Uh, then Tolvanen uh, makes it 2-0 in the second period there. But uh, Marner answers with a, a nice one from Matthews Bunting. We don't have a ton of... I mean, the game's not as fresh. We're talking a day later here. We're just going to get through the game and get to the trades first and foremost. But um, Leafs went down 3-1, to unfortunately, by the end of the second there. Uh, Matthews picking up his 46th goal of the season to make it 3-2 to two and give the Leafs a fighting chance. But uh, unfortunately, in the middle of this comeback, they were trying to mount. Uh, Forsberg gets a power play goal on a not good penalty from Kyle Clifford. And then today, Kyle Clifford gets waived. So, I mean, normally a mistake like that doesn't cost you your job. But when you're the 12th, 13th forward, like that's... Kind of all it takes sometimes. I mean, trade deadline <laughs> is like a few days away, and this guy is barely getting minutes as it is. And he gets hit pretty hard. Doesn't take it like a man. Goes over, takes a retaliation penalty to come they score on it. As soon as that happened, I was telling my partner at home, like, he's it's, it's over, he's gone. And sure enough, yeah. yeah. And it's a shame because he wasn't looking uh, that bad, like the one other game that he had played. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was looking good uh, up until tonight. He fell on his face that one play. Just an unfortunate night for him. But if you're a 13th much. or 14th forward, like, you have to be dependable and, like, you cannot take penalties like that. That's the bottom line. Exactly. Because you're only playing every now and then, and that makes you stick out, and you can't stick out when you're the extra guy. Exactly. <clears throat> Clifford, the big red flag, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Philip Forsberg scores not only his 33rd goal of the season, but uh, puts him ahead of David Legwand for all-time Nashville Predators scoring. It's pretty impressive. I mean, it's... I guess. So, he, in his entire career, um, I think I heard the stat today, Matthews has scored, like, 15 more goals in, like, 100 and something less games. I mean, like, when you hear (laughs) Smashville hockey, you're not really thinking goal scores, right? No, and that, that was kind of further to what the point was. It was that... Nashville, if you were to make like an all-time goal scoring or like all-time best all-stars from every team, Nashville would have the worst forwards. Oh, like they would have just... none. They're all defensemen. Even if you do like an all-time best five Nashville players, they're all deep. I'd throw oh, Mike yeah. Fisher in there just for Harry Underwood, you know? <laughs> <laughs> nice. I guess. Yeah, I mean, they, they had a few over the years. I mean, there's like one, but like their defensemen and goaltending have been really the, the cornerstone of Nashville, so... Hey, they got an identity, and when you're trying to sell hockey in a place like Nashville, you got to be consistent in what you're selling. So if people expect hard-hitting hockey, then that's what they're getting. Yeah, that's exactly what they get. So unfortunately, that kind of killed... That's exactly what the, they got, uh, so... Yeah. 
they beat the shit out of the Leafs last night like that. Yeah, or, honestly, or the Leafs just got pounded. He looked like Glass Joe out there. Just <laughs> oh. <laughs> everybody doesn't get that reference. A little so Mac just took him right out. Exactly, and there was nothing little about Duchesne, but no, just the little pirouette he did afterwards. It's like how many times is going to happen? To this poor guy, right? Like just getting like dusted out there, and of course, like Duchesne, obviously, just not letting anything uh, slip past him last night. Like he's just a monster. Yeah, it's too bad yeah. for Duchesne too because he had three goals in his last three games as well too. He was just really starting to pick it up. Yeah, we've talked about before. He just plays in, in a way that he puts himself in high danger positions to get the puck, and it's just it's part of his game. And unfortunately, it leads to him getting hurt a lot. But uh, Duchesne was having a kind of weird night, so he had that. Which I don't know what your take is it on it, but I saw some people on Twitter saying that uh, not intentional, but you have the ability to not make that contact there if you're Duchesne. Like you had. The time to pull in like what do you guys think or like i personally i think it was completely just a fluke but Dirty. i don't know what, what do you think i'll tell you this right now in my head i don't believe there are any such things as flukes in hockey all right in the end of the day yes there are things that happen that were like oh man it's very unfortunate but like in, in the end like the the idea that hockey is unpredictable, that like that puck luck is a thing, that like just being at the wrong place at the wrong time, a la John Tavares, a la, I think it was uh, Brendan Gallagher that one time he got taken out by the fucking boards by Achara, to correct me if I'm wrong. But it's like, you know what? At the end of the day, regardless of. Uh, Pacioretty. Yeah, Pacioretty, sorry. So what, uh, whether it's like luck or like bad luck at the end of the day, like shit happens in hockey, okay? And uh, I don't like retaliation per se. But at the same time, like, I hate seeing Leafs players just get, like, either, you know, in Kosh's case, it was kind of dumb, you know, like, we all, we've all heard, you know, you got to keep your head up, you got to keep your head on a swivel. Um, he, he did look like his head was up, but he wasn't paying attention. Like, look, you, you see a freight train coming at you, you got to kind of prepare for that, right? Like, it wasn't, it, it wasn't necessarily Kosh's fault. You don't put, you know, victim blame, but at the same time, it's like, you, you know who you're going up against, right? Like, you know. Get your guard up because, like, he's not, Duchesne's not going to stop just because you happen to be the, you know, one of the more injured Leafs players on that team. <laughs> he doesn't no. care, right? Like, if your head's there, your head's there. And he's, he's going to take that, um, co- you know, in co- what, what it, you know, that consequence, right? He doesn't care because, like, you know, I, we all see it as, like, oh, you know, it's just a mistake. But, like, to guys on the ice, whether it's a mistake or it's not a mistake, like, th- they're going to take it no matter what, right? Because that's a, you know, he's out of the play then, right? So, and that's just yeah, I mean, we saw it happen like- with JTE. Go ahead, Johnny. Sorry. I, I, no, I was just going to say we saw it happen with JT. Like, everyone kind of knew that was not an intentional thing from Perry, but they had, like, Simmons still dropped the gloves and had to fight him. Yeah, there has to know. be some type of answer for that. But, like, to Don, uh, Darty's point, too, like, that's the Shane's game. You know he's going to do that. And especially, like you were saying, too, earlier, Johnny, like, Kasha puts himself in these positions more often than not than people on this team. And, like, he should be, like, aware, like, after a pass or a play like that to be expecting a big hit. Yeah, and so just to kind of further the point that I read, this was Doug Doucette on Twitter, shout out. Um, after Matthew scored his goal, the hands that he has and the control that he has at such a high speed, the point was if Matthews can do that at the speed that he's at, don't tell me that Duchesne can't avoid elbowing Kasha in the head at the speed he was going. And that's what I'm saying, right? Like at the end of the day, like sometimes player, players will do these things because they know they can get away with them. And even if it's intentional or unintentional, is besides the point, right? Like that's a that's a huge bonus for Duchesne because he takes that guy out of the play. Right. And it's po- possibly, you know, you know, you, you, you can't predict you're going to take him out for the rest of the game, but it's like, that's a good hit. And we talk about like good hits in hockey and like, why do we have to fight after good hits? Because in the end, like, this is a point I was going to make a long time ago. Like people could bitch about this all the time, but there's no such thing as a clean hit. All right. Every, if it's a solid hit, someone gets rocked. Like since the days of Gordy Howe, who would not, if you had a clean hit on a guy like that or any of his teammates, he'd still break your fucking legs. All right. There's no such thing as a clean hit in hockey. Every hit, you know, if you if you want to, you want to hit somebody, you should, you should expect retaliation. That's, that's the thing. Like when teams play the Leafs, like they're not expecting that retaliation. So they can take that split second decision and go for that elbow or like that shoulder that maybe they wouldn't if they knew someone like Simmer, for example, is going to go after him every play, but he doesn't go after him every play. And he's the only guy we have on that team who can actually do that. Exactly. And I mean, like, really, if you take it out of the context of hockey, when we talk about retaliation, we're splitting hairs on assault here. Like, whether <laughs> someone, no, there's, no, there's no situation in real life where someone body checks you 
and you're no. like, okay, though, no, that was clean, but someone elbows you and you go, oh, now I'm allowed to retaliate because that wasn't clean. Like, this is so unique to hockey that to put your mind in a place where you're like, oh, that was a clean hit. So I'm not going to get angry that this person just threw their weight at me and crushed me into the boards. Like, it just, it, you can't split those on the ice. Like, it's just, if you get hit, you're going to go after the guy who hit you, whether it was clean or not. I think one of the distinctions between hockey and like, say, another contact sport like football is that you're hitting every play. Like your intention is to hit on football, right? Like if the guy, you know, in front of you is the guy you're going to go up against every single play, like you're going to hit him harder, right? But in hockey, you know, you're, the line switch, the positioning switches. So you're not always going to, you know, get, be able to retaliate like in the same way, say in like football, where you're always like every next play, you're banging up against the same guy that pissed you off. Like, you know, you see people throw helmets at each other in, in, in football, but in hockey, you know, I feel like that's why you get moments like um, uh, Todd Bertuzzi, right? Because like you kind of look forward to the second that you and Buddy are on the ice at the same time, and you're gonna make that you're gonna you know you're gonna make that retaliation move, retaliatory move, right? No, that's yeah, a fair and play. that's where you get because like cases as much of people hunting is, someone sorry, down in the NFL, like in the NHL, there's certain guys that you shouldn't be hitting like that, right? Which is completely different yeah. than any other sport. So when you do start running those guys, that's when you depend on your teammates to actually stick up for that. And it sends a message to the other teams like, you can't be doing that. No, exactly. Um, and Duchesne had a couple other uh, rough plays in the game. Like, they scored the, there was the goal that I, th- I forget who scored it. I think it, he got it, but Forsberg was pushed, or Forsberg pushed Hall into uh Shalgren and knocked the net off yes and Duchesne was immediately like pointing for it to be a goal and it's like come on dude like you know that's not going to be a goal the ref is waving his hands off and he was like throwing up a fight about it it was <laughs> like man I, I just you don't need more than one reason to dislike a player in the same game but he just kept throwing them out and maybe he's been doing a lot of that this year, and that's probably why he's been so effective too, like scoring over yep. twenty five goals for the first time in quite a few years. Yeah, he's got thirty two now. I feel like layering the intimidation on is one of the ways that teams beat the Leafs too, right? Like when you're a team that yeah. plays like that, like I said, Leafs will can grease a team easily, just like all of a sudden be up five goals, six goals. But when you're playing a team that like hard hits, like say the Jets or. Um, you know, Calgary, Calgary, they will, if they have the chance to beat you with muscle, they will pull you down to their level and and make your nose bleed. Right. And look like we didn't like how that game turned out. Like we, all of us were looking forward to, you know, King, King Shalgren. Right. And, you know, unfortunately that kind of dream went away for, for now. I mean, the goals, I can't really fault him with more than maybe one of them where the one squeaked out from under his pad that, I mean, how do you really get that one back, though? No, it's... Of course. But you're expecting the boys to play play up to that, like, okay, like, they're going to play tough, so we got to play tough. You know, you got to do a little Tony Montana every now and then. You want to play rough? Okay, pull out the big guns. Yeah, but once the last time a team went to play the Leafs and been like, this is going to be a long night for us, right? That's, that, that hasn't <laughs> yeah. happened in so long. No, it's fair. <laughs> I'm sorry. But... I'm sorry. That was good. That was a good one, Sally. <laughs> But, I mean, the Leafs were starting to mount a comeback until the unfortunate penalty from uh, from Clifford there. So it, it does show that even if they are getting beat up like this, that, you know, a team, yes, they can do it for 60 minutes, but not to the same intensity. Like, the guys are going to get tired if they're doing that all night. Yeah, And, as, like, what the and Leafs, more tired than you are getting hit, to be honest. What they do lack in you know, physical toughness and presence like that, they make up for it. They can score four goals in 10 minutes better than exactly. probably any other team in the league. Yeah, the first line, I mean, I got to say, this whole game was probably a first and fourth line effort. The second and third were, I mean, after Caution went down, the third was kind of non-existent, but the second line has just been terrible. You think that has something to do with um, Maddie coming back? Like, because it looked like that, uh, you know, Johnny T was uh, really crushing it those past two games. He was, and it's like, it's hard to put somebody who's in the race for the rocket, the heart, the selkie, like all these things say, you know what, because you missed those two games because of a suspension, we actually found something that works better. We're going to put you on the second line. Hear me out. Uh, you can go for those trophies again another year, but like right now it just makes more sense to give more minutes to JT. How do you make that decision as a coach? I like, don't think you can. Like, Austin and like Matthews is a whole different animal compared to almost everyone else in the league. You have to let him run on the first line with Mitch Marner and your best guys. Like whether it affects GT or not, find another solution for it. Yeah, honestly, the first line has been so good. Marner picking up two goals and Matthews picking up another. 
Uh, I mean, they assisted on each other's like, it's, it's just, there's, they've been so good lately, both having career seasons. Like, how do you take either of them away from each other or take bunting off of that line? Like just because JT and Nylander can't figure out their shit, like they're both professional hockey players who have found it at different times. And that kind of goes to show you, because, like, when JT's with other guys, he's still elevating his game, but Nylander has not been doing that lately. So perhaps he's yeah. a big problem there. Yeah, there were a lot of clips from him uh, going around Twitter after this game. One of them was my own, but I noticed there was more than just that one. So there's one where uh, the puck was coming around the boards in the Leafs' end, and uh, he literally looks back and sees someone from Nashville coming, and he stepped away from the boards and let him get it, and then just tried poking at the puck and let the guy get away. Yeah, that was right towards um, the end of the game, right? Yeah, and then there was the one where the Leafs had pulled the goalie, and Nylander was the last man back, and this is the clip I got, where he goes for the puck and just kind of like does a half look over his shoulder and just shovels the puck backwards with someone from Nashville behind him. I'm sorry, you have six skaters on the ice, and you're trying to come back right now and you're gonna make a no look pass you have an extra attacker on like what are you doing and it's not the first time it's not the second time i'm pretty sure it's just close to like the third or fourth time he's done this to no avail right like like look i tried this on the basketball court many times as a kid and each time each time i learned the hard way that you know <laughs> it just doesn't work all right and i know this guy's this guy's a professional this guy gets paid big bucks he does really well but you know this is three four games now where he's tried this like no no look pass and just you know completely shit the bet on it yeah yeah it's either brutal. blowing an offensive chance and a turnover or it's a defensive turnover and like neither were good it was just like a lazy play a give up not really trying too hard all he had to do was zip around the back of the net the goalie was pulled have the play facing forward first of all so we can actually exactly. make a play he has no look just drops it gets picked up empty net goal game over that's the type of play that will like Drive the coach fucking crazy. <laughs> oh yeah, he definitely was shown clips of that. Like the, oh my god. Just so do what do we Ludovico technique on that? Like don't yeah. fucking do this again. <laughs> so I mean, we'll get to the trades later, but I don't think so far anything affects the second line. I don't believe that's where uh, Blackwell will be playing. I think it's more of a replacement for Kasha and moving between the third yeah. and fourth line. But we'll see. He gives you some depth uh, in the bottom six. Yeah. So. What do you do about, like, how do you snap Nylander out of this? Because he was so consistent from the end of last season up until their COVID break. And it's like, he just deflated. That's a really hard question. Like, do you flip him with Bunting to try and give him some time with Matthews and Marner to really spark him up? Or do you put him down on the third line, maybe, to try and get a little more defense responsibility out of him? But, like, where he is right now is so stagnant. Yeah, and how do you demote him and, you know, hurt that even more? But then how do you promote him for playing badly to the first line and say, like, it, it's just such a tough position to mentally to handle that. Because he's a confidence uh. type of player right now. Like, you can tell it's shot. Just on the play we were talking about, like, a guy with good confidence and he's, you know, rolling on all cylinders is not all that type of stuff. No. Mm. Uh, so that kind of uh, ended the game 6-3, unfortunately. Uh, that that does it. Leafs uh, just kind of take that one and head on to New Jersey. And yeah. if you're wondering why we didn't do an episode last night, that's pretty much why. Because <laughs> there's nothing to talk about. Yeah. In the words of Billichek, like on to the next one. Yeah, I mean, Matthew said himself it took him a little while to get going again, and I mean, he had ten shots, didn't he? Yeah. And for him taking a little while to get going, like he still scored. In the second or the third period, like that rebound goal was super nice too. Like he got robbed and then still followed it up and put it like as he was crossing the red line. That was really nice. That was really nice. And with but, Matthews and Marner scoring, this is it just goes to show that this is a team that was beatable. It wasn't like we're playing against some team that's really manhandling us in a, in a way that we're hopeless. Like we couldn't, we can, and should be able to beat them. Especially yeah. after the first period. Like, the first period, it kind of looked like they couldn't get anything towards the middle of the ice. Everything was from the outskirts. But uh, after that period, yeah, it kind of changed. Yeah. Uh, oh, when there was that uh, Shalgren made a decent play uh, coming out to play the puck there. Dangerous position, but he uh, shot it over the boards and just took a <laughs> delay again. He came out pretty hot. But, 
He did, man. And that's it's dangerous because you've seen so many goalies get nailed when that they come was out like there. just after he was down, too. Yeah. And he he made some good saves. Like, honestly, he I hasn't mean, dropped in favor with me at all. I think it it just kind of showed. All right, Dubas, please make some moves for the defense. When the game was like 3-1, he was making some really, really big saves. Like He was giving them a chance to win or at least come back. Oh, for sure. Like 33-28, like it's not that bad, right? Like Especially considering what we know of how the game actually played out, right? Yeah. Like, um, and again, this guy, what? Like he's an AHL player at best, like, you know, with <laughs> what we know about him. Like the fact that he's got a shutout, you know, a win and, you know, a kind of a cheap loss, whatever, like under his belt. Like, are we expecting him? Like who? He's got to be starting the next game, right? Like who? Who's 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 coming? Until to start Campbell the... comes back, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it seems like it. I don't even know who's going to be the backup nope. because there's no Carter I... Hutton. There's no Wall. No, Wall still injured, right? Yeah. Oh my god! So we've got till two p.m. for Dubas to figure out his shit tomorrow to get under the salary cap and have a valid lineup. Do you still think? Who do you think is like moving? Do you think there's anybody on the Leafs that like big big names that are moving? Like we have, we see a Nylander, we see a no. A I I think he's done as far as bringing players in. I think if anything, he's gonna have to move out like Hall to clear more space. Honestly, but I don't think he, I I think he might be done. You think so? What, yeah. What What do you think? I don't know. I'm kind of torn in the middle right now. I can like if they're gonna make a move, I think it's gonna be a big move. And they're probably going to have to package someone like Nylander. And that is a really, really tough decision. Because in the playoffs last year, like you said, he was probably the best player. Um, for the first part of the season, he was excellent. He's been, as we talked about, terrible lately. But I don't see any small moves happening, that's for sure. If this going to be one, it's going to be a big move. Um, did you guys see the trade that didn't happen between the Leafs and Chicago for Henry and Flurry? Yeah. Yeah, they wanted what was it? Robertson, Nyes, a first, and Mrazek. Yes, for Hagel and Flurry. Yeah. Can someone explain to me what's so good about this Nyes kid? Because I'm out of the loop on this one. Like, why is it like a sin to trade him? Like, what's his deal? Like, I mean, he was on the U.S. men's team at the Olympics, which was, uh, I think, the biggest stage that he's gotten. He was also on the, the World Junior Team. I think just our um, lack of depth, like for upcoming top end forwards, is pretty pretty weak too. So if you're getting rid of him, that pretty much devastates it. He's a high prospect in the American system. I mean, if if Beaner were here, he'd know more. But he's just been, uh, you know, one of those sought after middle centers. I think he is. Um, so, but if you're looking to so, trade with Arizona, say for Chichurin, whatever. You know, he's probably going to be a part of it. And then you're not too afraid. Like, you still have your first. And it's you know, or whatever. But Yeah, I mean, now I don't think they're going to invest but in Chicago. Is there room after Giordano, right? Yeah. So, shout out to Cap Friendly for uh, explaining how this all works. So, the Giordano trade technically didn't go down until 5 p.m. Because they have from 5 p.m. till 2 p.m. when waivers go through. And then 5 p.m. tomorrow to be salary cap compliant. Oh, okay. So it resets at 5 o'clock. So they waited till after 5. So they have till 5 tomorrow. It's so wild how convoluted this whole thing is. Oh, I know. Like, it's stupid. Just have a fucking luxury tax. Yeah, so they have to wait. They sent Mrazek and Clifford uh, down through waivers. So they don't go through until 2 p.m. tomorrow. So that's when they'll technically be compliant. And then they got one hour left deadline. Yeah. It's like Dubas has got to go through the same waiting struggles that I have to to wait for for when I'm making like waiver wire moves on my <laughs> Yahoo Fantasy. It's, now it's he knows what Darty comes, goes through. Yeah, nothing nothing comes smooth on that Yahoo Fantasy waiver wire. Nope. <laughs> okay, so uh, just before the game started, a couple of trades went through. We'll start with those, then we'll move on to the Leafs. So uh, Bruins picked up Hampus Lindholm and signed him to eight times six and a half. So they traded uh, a first round this year. Second round next year and a fourth round the following year. Uro Vakaninen and John Moore, two defensemen for Hampus Lindholm and Cody Curran, another defenseman. So I'm assuming those are prospects and uh, it's basically just picks for Lindholm. So first, second, and fourth. Sorry, first, second, and a second. My apologies. First, second, and second. It's the 2022, three, and four that screwed me up. 
just, I don't know, it seems like a kind of a steep price for him. Mind you, like, he was obviously someone they were targeting for the long term, and they got their long term contract done with him, so I think they're okay with giving away the assets, but to me, that's a little high. Yeah, I mean, what would you put Hampus Lindholm on par with? Like a TJ Brody type? Yeah, pretty much in That's, that ilk. Yeah, similar. I mean, he makes a little less. It's like somewhere between Brody and um, uh, Riley's contracts. I mean, would you give up a first and two seconds for... I'd rather give up what we gave to Seattle for Giordano. Exactly. So I think the everybody was kind of freaking out saying, you know, Dubas has to do something. Panthers are making moves. Bruins are making moves. And Tampa's made a move. And you know, Florida picked up Sherratt, so we got to do something. It's like, they keep saying it's a buyer's market. There's all these teams that want to get rid of people and have to get rid of people, and there's only so many people that can take them. So just wait out the first couple to drop, and the prices will go down. And they did. Look at that. No, it also second... that you're down and wanted to go to Toronto, right? That too. Uh, so the second one that went down uh, about 15 minutes later, the Panthers, as we all knew was going to happen, picked up Claude Giroux as well as a fifth-round pick, Connor Buneman and German Rubsov. Uh, two, <laughs> two centers. Bunch of prospects, man. Sending to uh, the Philadelphia Flyers a first-round pick uh, in 2024. Holy. A third-round pick in 2023. And Owen Tippett. So, I mean, I get it. Like, the Panthers are high-powered as it is right now. They're not really looking to the future, but man, Owen Tippett's a pretty big uh, prospect. Also, like, Owen Tippett, like, poor guy. It's like, you know, he went to bed, like, on a winning team, and he woke yeah. up in fucking <laughs> <laughs> shitsville. <laughs> it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Just kidding. It's always sunny in Florida. Exactly. No, all poor things... guy. I said, like, he's a, he's a good kid. Yeah, all things considering, that's not a bad ball, because uh, Drew also controlled his destiny like, where he wanted to go. He had a no trade clause. You kind of handcuffed him in that regards. But yeah, yeah it was first, either Colorado and or tip Florida. It back, that's, that's not too bad at all. It's a pretty that's emotional really exit for uh, Giroux as well. Like I saw even Dar- um, Darty. I'm Darty. I saw even Gritty <laughs> <laughs> getting my wise mixed up. Even Gritty was crying when uh, Giroux left. And like, yeah, I mean, uh, the, it's nice that he's going to a, a team with a chance. Yeah, and the 2024 is kind of smart for Philly, too, because you think they're going to be good this year, obviously, next year, but you don't know what's going to happen here afterwards. So. That's probably going to be a better yeah. pick than it would be if it was next. Hey, I mean, the, you know, after the Canadians did what they did, who knows? Yeah. So today, uh, starting at 1 o'clock, trades opened up again. Panthers picked up Robert Hag for a sixth-round pick from the Sabres. Holy. Kind of a meh. Just rounding up the roster, right? Yeah, but as we were all waiting very, very impatiently for, um, Kyle Dubas finally made a move, picking up Mark Giordano and Colin Blackwell from the Seattle Kraken in exchange for a second-round pick this year, a second-round pick next year, and a third-round pick the following year. Which is a lot better than, you know, the uh, a lot of those fake accounts or whatever, people who are trying to jump the gun were saying, because, like, man, I was scared for a little bit there for getting rid of some, like, big, uh, big picks for uh, Geo. No kidding. Yeah, I mean, the first reports were like, what was it, Dermot Nyes in a first? Like, yeah. I was so <laughs> and not to mention, like, they, sad. They didn't even bring up the fact that Seattle's retaining 50% of his salary. Yeah, that came out later. Which is like, huge. I didn't even know that. So, uh, thank you for joining us, Beaner. Welcome Beaner. to the uh, show. Just in time, we have just started talking about the uh, Giordano Blackwell trade. Could you give him some sweet intro music? <laughs> no problem. Thanks for having yeah, me. Give him. Uh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> In this corner. Sorry for interrupting Beaner, but you deserved it. Yeah. Okay, so um, Giordano and Blackwell obviously bolstering the defense there. Let's let's just, uh, I mean, we'll finish off what the deal was here. So the Beaner, it was the two seconds and the third. Thankfully, we didn't give up Nyes. We were just talking about him while you weren't here. No first. Uh, no first. Kept all the prospects, kept all the skaters. Man. How did he pull this one off? I I keep hearing or seeing reports that apparently Geo was basically yeah. saying that he only wanted to come to Then Toronto. you get to offer whatever you want. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, Francis's hands might have been tied. So, uh, Seattle Twitter was not happy. 
I was tagged in a post and they are all very uh, confused and upset with Ron Francis for uh, getting rid of their captain halfway through their first inaugural season here for a couple second round picks in the third. Yeah. Wow. If he was like a no trade, if he didn't have the no trade, sorry, he probably could have demanded so much more and Seattle would have been in a way better position right now. But unfortunately for them, he did only want to go to Toronto and that was to our benefit. So where do we uh, where do we build these defensive lineups now? So I'm thinking Riley Labushkin, Muzzin, or Brody and Giordano, and then Sandine and Lilligren until Muzzin's back. Yeah. Okay. Where Muzzin's does Muzzin right go then? Done. Uh, seven. Sorry. You think? <sighs> I don't know. Like, yeah. Do you really mm-hmm. want to? Well, with Sandine how we played this year, there right now. I mean, if Muzzin is at 80%, I think it would be Riley Brody, Geo Muzzin, and then Sandine Labushkin. Yeah. It has. Riley Labushkin's looked good, and Geo, Geo won the Norris. Yeah, that's like, Brody, you have so. to put them together. I, this is what I was saying all the way back. I'm like, please get Giordano and put him back with Brody. That'd be dope. So here we are, but uh, we went from negative defenseman to surplus of defenseman real quick. So, only moving Travis Dermott out for a, a third round pick. And good luck to him out in uh, Van City, all right? Like, yeah, I, sure. I like Dermott, okay? Like, he made some boneheaded moves and, you know, not any more boneheaded than, uh, than uh, old Jake the Snake Gardner. <laughs> but, uh, no, he's a good he's he's a good kid. He you know he's he was a pretty decent Leaf, and I hope he he does well out in, in Van City. I think in Van City he's gonna yep. have a lot more room and, uh, to grow out there and actually play his game. Give a lot more chances too. So yeah, and I think development wise, he's about where they are with the rest of the team. Yeah, kind of in that middle, like just verging on it in the next year or two. So he could be good. Yeah, he had. He had good underlying numbers. He just he never earned the trust of the Toronto Yeah, so coaches. maybe uh, maybe Boudreau will unlock something new with him. Best of luck. But uh, you guys really you thinking Muzzin will be the seventh D if he comes back when he comes back? Yeah, Fair. I agree. see how it goes. I mean, you don't want to break up if if this works. If this works, like why change it, right? Damn. So that's gonna make the off season yep. conversation about Muzzin really interesting. And it's like you said too, like if he's healthy, okay. then that's a completely different thing too, because he does have like a different dimension than the other demon do. He's a lot heavier than Sandine or Lilligren. So mm-hmm. if him or Lilligren are interchangeable, then yeah, I can see them both in the six sevens. Yeah, I mean I would much rather Muzzin also depends on... than Muzzin Hall. Yeah. No, fair, fair. I was going to say, it also depends on who's healthy and when he comes back, right? Because we can't, you know, predict the future. And uh, seeing how this Leafs team, uh, as I said, like uh, Kasha looked like Glass Joe out there, you never know what will happen. Um, you know, I'm knocking on wood right now, but, uh, you know, in a blink of an eye, our situations could change, right? So we... Yeah. Yep, that's nice I mean, the Leafs have been injury riddled. Yeah. And the, the Leafs have been injury riddled this year. I'm just hoping that the fact that it's all been regular season that we're getting out of the way before the playoffs. Like everybody's, you know, hopefully in a bit better shape. They've had some time to rest. So, uh, so I just looked at the Vegas Gold Knights and getting Giordano on our team. Like, what do you think he does to us? He's a solid I, leader. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's like we've brought these ex-captains in. I know people are comparing it to like bringing Thornton in where he was at the end of his rope, but I think Giordano still think has like a lot more left in him. Yeah, exactly. I, like, I was worried about I've that seen... too. Remember in in two thousand four, we brought Brian Leach in. He came in for like fifteen games, was like a point yeah. game type of player, and really, really anchored the D. Like he's an adult back there. This guy makes smart decisions. He doesn't lose the puck very often. He's always making the right play. He's going to be a very steady presence back there, and I think that's something we need right now in front of our goaltenders. Yeah, if anything, I think he's Brody Absolutely. 2.0. Like he's he plays the same way of like if you're you're not gonna notice the plays he makes because it's like you said, smart defensive plays. He knows how to handle the puck. So it's it's gonna be consistency, which is something that has been lacking back there. 
huge. And he's shot a really too. mature player, like mature, literally in age. Yeah, and in personality, like he, he, you can see as we're talking about Jumbo. Like that's the one thing I was worried about. But Jumbo is kind of a an animal. Like you can see it in All or Nothing. Like the guy's pretty mouthy for his old age, and he you know kind of acts like a, a goofball sometimes. But Geo's kind of a bit more level headed, and I think maybe the one thing to worry about is um, how the boys like you know you got a lot you got a lot of young studs on this team like how they take to geo hopefully they see him like just like the kind of kind of way we saw marlo and uh you know uh you know father figure like we look up to the guy we're gonna we're gonna play well for this guy because uh you don't want uh the one thing i'm worried about is maybe too many cooks in the kitchen right like you don't like you know you got johnny t there already austin matthews is essentially like a captain in his own right so it's uh you just don't want to get too toxic when it comes to like who's the leader right obviously geo's just coming in but again he's a mature guy he's going to want to play a certain way and he's going to want to act and the team to act a certain way right because he wants to win i feel at this point yeah it's almost i think like that's a, a good point the leader by condition time. type of thing right like, like you said jt matthews mourners riley they all have their voice in the room and having like a standing that's cup a... finalist guy like Giordano is only going to help i think oh, yeah johnny said spezza too it was kind of quiet so well, i wanted yeah, to point that out there spezza's sure a leader too, yeah. as well <laughs> yeah, that's. I see Giordano coming in as kind of like yeah, the Spencer like, role. I, I, I don't think. But for the defense. Yeah, I, I don't think he's going to need to come in and be a leader, really. He can kind of put that out of his mind and just worry about his game. So if you if he's able to, you know, compartmentalize his game properly and just focus on, on the ice, because there's already JT, yeah. there's Spezza, there's Matthews. Like, I guess we you name it, right? Even Riley on the back end. Riley's been there long enough. He's what I was trying to and that's the best case scenario, right? I just like go go for Southern. I was just saying, like at the right time or like that right moment, he is just another voice who has that layer of experience that can add something good to that room, even if he's not vocal. Like Sid Meiner all the time, and leading by example too. Yep. Sorry, Dirty. Didn't mean to cut you off. Do you, do you guys know when Gio got his first goal? Was it the Matthew uh, Sundin? Oh, we're having. Game? You got us the, the Sundin 500th goal game, yeah. Good trivia. We're playing connection tag tonight. It's fun. Did he, did he rub uh, Sundin's bald head for good luck? <laughs> Just give her a little... Like cool running? Squeak, squeak, squeak. Cool. I, I think he, I think he put it on his own. I think he was even bald back then. Um. Okay, so Colin Blackwell, where do we see him slotting in? Replacement for Kasha, basically, but uh, yeah, it all depends where they want to put him. Like, is this a precursor to a larger trade, like something we touched on a couple episodes ago, maybe a Nylander thing? Like Blackwell is used to playing with good players. He's played with Gord most of the season this year. He played a ton with Panarin in New York, and he went to Harvard with Kerfoot. Do you put him on the second line with Kerfoot and JT and ship Nylander out for something bigger? So you still think there's something coming? Not yet again. Not that I want to see Nylander gone, but you got to think that there's there's something else going on because there's so much pressure on Dubis. That do do we still go after Flurry? Do we go completely out of the woodwork and try and pick up a goalie somewhere else? Is almost an insurance thing. Get rid of Miraza completely and have goalie whoever with Campbell going but do you really want to make another David Riddick play like is that like w- you know we want to run that story again it, it wouldn't be a David Riddick play if you're moving the whole Nylander. thing about moving mm-hmm. Nylander is so tough to me because his term isn't too bad and when the guy's on like he's a point player that is really really hard to replace we have to... although he's been playing you know, it's hard not to replace too scoring right in the Keith... it's hard to replace scoring in the playoffs too right Keith like phrasing that when he's gone, he's been a pretty good playoff performer, though. Yeah, he's got a history, he and like not a Nazem Kadri history. He's got a good history. Yeah, him, so that's one thing that. <laughs> so, I guess goaltending is really the question mark because if Morazic goes down to waivers, the only healthy goalie currently on the Leafs roster is Eric Shalgren. So, who is playing in net? Who's the backup? Is he making another move tomorrow for a goalie? Could Colin Blackwell Is be flipped out Ari somewhere Satari? else? I don't know what the Devils would want, and maybe and maybe it's unrealistic, but they seem like they're trying to ship Blackwood, and like I don't know, man. Like I'm a huge, uh, I'm all, I'm all, I really like everything that uh, that Mackenzie Blackwood has put out there. I know he's kind of injured right now, but like 
you know, he's on the come up. I don't know. Devils won't move. I can't quickly. see it either. There's a lot of news about it, though. I don't know. There has been a lot of chatter. Yeah, I mean, there's been chatter about everything. Like, you look over to um, when Hagel was moved out of Chicago, all of a sudden we start hearing that Kane and Taves are like, oh, we didn't realize that that kind of move was going to be made. Maybe we don't want to be here either. And then you hear Dabrinka, like, yeah, if they're gone, I'm gone. So <laughs> this is a really weird trade deadline. But like I said, it's buyer's market. So as much as all these guys want to go, there's like there's only so many seats in this too, musical chairs game. Because, right, like you're either going with Shalgren and Campbell or you're going to get a backup and get rid of Shalgren. And whew, you got one day to figure it out, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they did sign the Finnish gold medalist. That's true. Isn't okay. there some difficulties bringing him over Harry here? Satiri. And if anything, I think he's just um, going so to the Marlies. They've just... Likely, yeah. But it's extra insulation, right? He can he played well. But then Finland. you're bringing like, another rookie um, up. Right? A, things... It's not like he was someone who no one's ever looked at. Sorry, Bean. We're, uh, we're losing your connection a little bit there. Pausing. Um, oh, so okay. what, what we're saying is, though, even if... You, even if you sign this kid and bring him in, like he's not a an, an NHL goalie. Like the point is, another we're, we're talking about yeah, no, the stats that Shalgren about... is pulling up right now is ridiculous for a rookie. Like this is not to be expected from everybody who comes up in the system. Yeah, I think my point about Blackwood is that like if we're gonna go find a goaltender, like please God, like if we can do anything but a geriatric, all right. Like I understand that there's guys who are veteran goaltenders who you'd want to have just for the insurance, but like I'm looking to the future of this team too, right? This is not our this is not our final run to the Stanley Cup. No, and uh, you know if we're if we're in such dire straits that all we have is AHL goaltenders, then like you know hopefully you look. Some Dubas looks for someone that's going to get us a future or be our future because like, you know, I love Jack Campbell and I, you know, I did like Peter Morazic, but, uh, <laughs> but it's, it's looking like that might be the same kind of situation we had with Optimus Rhyme and uh, Bernier, right? Like yeah. they're not going to take us to the promised land. Maybe they well, you know, if I'm wrong, Satiri. a couple pods later, I'll totally eat the again. This whole I'll totally eat shit there with Jack Campbell. Like this is his first full year playing in net, so this is all uncharted waters for us. We have no idea how he's going to bounce back. He was great in the first half of the season, and obviously tumbled. Like what's there's so much unknown right now. It's crazy, and like you were saying, Darty like, Johnny jinxed us with that JS Jaguera call <laughs> to bring in a back man, like Black, which does <laughs> but, secure that, but. And I mean, Fridge was talking about Craig Anderson as being a potential option for the Leafs, and it's like Darty's saying, like you don't want a geriatric. Like I no, get it. There's him. There's the experience and all the numbers there. Player, but it's like... right? To Fridge's defense, I I said that too, right? I said like, yo, why would you just did call Craig that. Anderson? If like, Craig Anderson beats us, today, let's like... bring him in. <laughs> hey, and that's how Steph and I have felt about Carol Vomelka. You know, if he's beating all these teams, bring him in. But I think it's sounding like Arizona wants to lock him down. Yeah, as they should, right? If they if they actually consider themselves to be an NHL team that wants to stick around going forward, whether they are the you know Phoenix uh, Arizona Coyotes or you know the Honestly, Houston Rockets, <laughs> I don't see. They've got a hundred picks in the next two years. Twenty four hours, though. I think we're going yeah, to Yeah, I think it's... So Satiri is... You can call up Razik. You can bring up Wall when he's healthy. you got Shalgren. I don't think they're going to bring him. If... It, until the offseason. If Mrazic clears waivers. What were you saying there, Beaner? Uh, Satiri is 32 years old, and he's had a north of 920 save percentage in all of his last five KHL years. Holy. Okay. That's yeah, pretty decent. Okay. Well, he's not a uh, he's not completely inexperienced. That's not okay. That's a little more impressive than I thought. So maybe they thing. are just going to throw him as the backup until Campbell's healthy, and then it's Campbell Shalgren. Or maybe they send just him try. To the, Marley, but like, man, tryouts there. with twenty tryouts with twenty games left in the season. Is this what we're doing? No, I don't. I don't feel great yes. about it at all. <laughs> like I hate it. Uh, I didn't Everyone think goaltending. That. <laughs> man, this this is the last thing we thought the Leafs would be 
worried about right now back in like November, December when it's like 946 goaltending from Campbell and the Leafs are scoring like crazy. And yeah, we'll, we'll address, there's a couple defensive problems, but they're outscoring them. And now it's like, oh. Basically, we're living through all or nothing to electric boogaloo. Okay. Yep. Basically. Personally, um, like other trades that happened. We got... that he is our guy, but go ahead, Johnny. Yeah. No, I, I it's do hard too. not to believe in Campbell though. He's like a really good guy. It is like I've been again. I've been watching All or Nothing. I don't know how many times I have to say it. And he's just like out of all the people in that locker room, he's just he's too nice. He's just such a like absolute sweetheart. So it's like yeah, like that's gonna blind us a little bit. Based you know when we're trying to assess what his future is with us and his you know his potential going forward. But <laughs> it's been a long time since we loved a goaltender so much, especially one who's like not a Cujo He's and you know not a Felix Potvin. A hard worker. The other one that could still happen though, it just before I move on here to the next trade, the one that could still happen is the Leafs have been talking on Middleton a lot. So do we see like Middleton and Reimer coming in? Like I know they've kind of set up on D, but maybe you move out one that you've already got, like Hall. God, I hope so. Yeah, I would be all and right. Bring in middle, yeah, because then if you bring a depth piece in goalie, yeah. So I don't know. We'll see what happens between them and San Jose tomorrow. But uh, Travis Hamonic goes from the Vancouver Canucks to the Ottawa Senators for a third round pick. That's a pretty good deal for the Sens, I think. No, I'm not sure how to feel about it. Really, Vancouver won that. I feel like at this point, okay. Hamonic has Hamonic hasn't been playing well at all, and you you get rid of the three million dollar cap hit on Hamonic and basically turn it into Dermot, which for someone like Vancouver, you get a young puck moving defenseman who has good underlying numbers, right, and and can can play, just hasn't been given a chance, and you didn't really give up anything when Hamonic. Okay, maybe for Ottawa it's not bad because Hamonic's a bigger body, but I I still think. Rutherford came out on top with that because you got rid of an extra 1.5 and have Dermot coming in. So, No, that makes sense from, from the Vancouver side. I just think that Ottawa has a habit of picking up defensemen that are underperforming and overpaid from other teams, Nikita Zaitsev, and turning them into decent players on that team. Like They, they seem to be able to rehabilitate overpaid defensemen. So... I, mean, I think they'll be able to do something with them. I guess. Uh, I they also, they, should they also moved out Nick Paul. Draft capital. Is there and are yeah. we expecting JT Miller just... Is he not moving at all? Like, Is he is he stuck on the Sky Train, basically? You know? Who's that? down to what Vancouver wants to do. Uh, he said JT Miller. Like if... Oh, Miller. If, if Vancouver thinks they have a chance, you obviously keep him. And with this move, it doesn't really tip your hand as to whether or not Rutherford thinks that Vancouver can slide into the playoffs. No. Uh, fair. So they were able to bring in Dermot for a third round pick. We talked about that earlier with the Leafs. Um, and Sens also moving out Nick Paul to the Tampa Bay Lightning in exchange for Matthew Joseph and a fourth round pick in 24. Uh, Tampa just picking up their, it seems like they're trying to replace the, uh, the third line they had last year, really by bringing in these new guys. I think that's a pretty decent trade for Ottawa. Am I wrong? Paul was his first year cracking 10 goals. I don't really see him moving the needle whatsoever in Tampa. So for Ottawa to get back Joseph in the fourth, that's not too bad. Yeah. I just I see him playing with Hagel on their third line and just being, you know, that depth scoring that Tampa's famous for as they go through the playoffs again. And other than that, uh, Troy Stetcher stolen by the LA Kings for a seventh round pick. Like I think that's probably the one of the most underrated deals of the day. That and the Geo deal. Yeah. Oh. Honestly, Dubas came out as like just shut all the haters down, man. So I know I sound like well, like white, but all the overpays that have been going on. Like yeah. the overpay for Sherratt and and realistically, pretty much most of the trades. The overpay for Hampus Lindholm. Now I know Lindholm resigned, but yeah, we didn't completely mortgage the entire future. Yeah, I mean you've still got Robertson, you still got Nyes and Yamala and um, what's his name? Uh, uh, the other Hervinen. Finnish one. 
Herman, thank you. Herman, yeah, you so see, you, you hold on to everybody in the uh, the prospect pool. You keep your first round pick. I mean, come on, W there. Still have the ability to move them tomorrow if you want to. Yeah, absolutely, and it's going to look so, even better when Geo signs a Spezza like contract in the off season. <laughs> that would be nice, actually. Man, it's crazy. We're just adding to the list of Marlowe, Thornton, Spezza, Simmons, Giordano. It's like the early 2000s fantasy team, man. We're getting the people that have been on the cover of every NHL game from like 2004 on. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, I can't wait to see Giordano uh, in blue and white playing next to Brody there. Oh, it's going to be so cool. Wait. You're going to have to wait extra long because you're going to see him in blue and black on Wednesday for the first time. Oh, yeah. That'll be cool. Man, your first jersey is the uh, next gen. And shout out to Justin Bieber for leaking that and with Martha Stewart. Confirmed that was actually <laughs> what the jersey was. Wow. Uh, I want one, and I'm going to get one with uh, Sugar Giordano. Sorry about that. That'll be fun. Sure. Why not? Hey, Sadly, just talking to getting a next gen jersey with Giordano on it, you in? Ooh, yeah, I'm down. I love me some Giordano. Cool. So, uh, if anybody wants to meet up with us at the game, say hi. Sadly, and I will be at the April 16th Ottawa Leaf game uh, in Ottawa. So, row 324. Hey. Oh, section hi. 324, row J. Whoa. Should be fun. Because that's the best part about being in Ottawa. You get to go to some end-of-the-season, useless, pointless game against Toronto where the Sens are out of the playoffs and the Leafs are pretty much locked in where they are because it's mid-April. <laughs> Did you want to do a little live podcast but hey, afterwards? It was or... Yeah, that was fun last time. We do another half-drunk podcast. I did enjoy that. Cool. Sweet. Um, anything else we should touch on here? What else happened? It's all been trade deadlines. So many fake tweets, guys. Everybody fell for these, including, uh, Doug Gilmore. Oh, he fell pretty hard. Yeah. Love Doug. Yeah. Gilmore. And there, I mean, apart from him, there were some big name, uh, analysts and reporters that fell for this one too. Man, there was the, uh, the, what I mentioned earlier, where it was a first Robertson and eyes for, was it McCann and Giordano? What? Really? Yeah. I didn't see that one. It was pretty funny. So, uh, people just get a joy out of this, I guess. I don't know. It's a pain in the ass. <laughs> if it's not, like, substantiated like, by two and, and or three a... experts, don't believe it. Yeah. And just to touch on the Hammonick deal again a little bit more, Hammonick was on waivers earlier this year. He was. Oh. I don't You're like right, him at all for Ottawa. There were a couple people throwing waivers today that were uh, bigger names. I wasn't. Was it Tyler Ennis on waivers again? I didn't see that. Was he? Mm, I didn't see his name on there. Maybe it was a different one. Um, ba, 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 ba. Do we have Myers, anyone uh, uh, we expect to be moved tomorrow? Whether it's a Leafs team or not. I mean, there's still lots of names floating. Like. What's his name? Um, Klingberg, I think, is still expected to move now. I haven't heard. Yeah, because he's still not happy with the contract offers. Really? Yeah, because basically because Heiskanen's come in and taken the money that should have been Klingberg's, but Heiskanen's a better defenseman. Yeah, he, this is undebatable. Sorry, it wasn't. It wasn't Tyler Ennis. It was Kyle Turris. Easy names to confuse. Oh, okay. Ah, yes. Riley, like every year Riley Nash, like... Brad Richardson, Kyle Turris, Christian Yaros, Kyle Clifford, Peter Mrazek, Ari Sateri, and Derek Poulois all placed on waivers today. Like, there's... Doesn't that mean that another team can claim Ari Sateri from the Leafs? Yes, but the yes. fact that he was a free agent and he, the Leafs are the only team that signed him, I'm, I haven't heard if there was many interested in him. But if the Leafs were the only team that were able to sign him, I don't know if a lot of teams would bother trying because he could always pull the, hey, I was only going to come over here if I got to play for the Leafs, right? I'm just going to stay in the K, right? Yeah. That's fair. Do we see uh, Flurry getting traded? 
I think so. Is Minnesota and really Toronto are still being rumored to being linked to him. Yeah, Minnesota's been the biggest the corner, name. Just like, um, <laughs> we could use you. Please come back. Yeah, should have thought of that. So they are the most injury riddled team I've ever seen in my life. From Holy. the beginning of the year to this very day, it's wild. Karma yeah. from the hockey gods. Karma. Yeah, that's what happens when you try to buy a team. Reimer's still rumored so, to be available as well. He's yeah, a little addition. Um, and I think I think Justin Braun could still move as well. Um, Provorov might if Braun doesn't. I think there's a couple still couple names in the there. mix that could happen. Miller from Vancouver. There was even. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. There was even rumor that uh, a... New Jersey and Subban were going to mutually terminate their contract, and then he'd be really. Yeah, we haven't really heard an update on that in a while. Yeah. Well, he played like garbage in Edmonton last night, so. Yeah. I wish the That's NHL say, adopted really that hard up for D. The NBA style, like that, where you buy out your player, and then there's after free agency or not free agency, but trade deadline, there's that buyout window for other teams to sign veterans. I always wish the NHL had that. Okay, so. Yeah, it's it's a pain in the ass. They don't. I'm just looking at the the trade bait list here. So the first three: Lindholm, Giroux, and Giordano gone. Jacob Chikrin is still available. Ricard Raquel, still available. Jake DeBrusque, uh, Jacob Middleton, Nick Ball's gone. Justin Braun, Flurry, Max Domi, Andrew Kopp, Colin Miller, Jack McBain, maybe. Owen Tippett's gone. Connor Garland, Calvin DeHaan. So there's... Shea Weber's contract could still move. Uh, Terry Lekkinen, Brock Besser, potentially... Could see uh, Gorgiev from New York. Their backup could yeah. move. That might be interesting. Damon Severson still on here. Phil Kessel. I'm just naming. I'm just reading names at this Severson point. But yeah, there's still lots of last night too. He did lots of impressive names still available on the board. That's that's what I mean. It's buyer's market. There's a huge names that players are uh, or the teams are trying to move and. What do we got left? I mean, Florida, Tampa, the Leafs, and Bruins are all in Colorado have made their moves. But at the same Co- time, Calgary has like I feel like the teams who are looking for a bigger return, if they don't get that, they're pretty okay with saying not this year. We'll do it in the off season. Mm-hmm. Fair. Uh, some just don't have that luxury with free with agents free that are yeah. just going to walk at the end of the year. So. You got to try and get something or it's nothing. Okay. Well, we'll be back with New Jersey. Anything you guys want to sign us off with? The clock's ticking, Dubis. What else we got in store? Yeah. Yeah. I think there could be something else. I don't think it's going to be something huge. Mm -hmm. It's like that family guy. uh, He's cooking us something up. (laughs) Also... Uh, fun announcement. We will have a guest. Um, it will be one of the two hosts from What Lies Beneath, which is the uh, Seattle Kraken podcast at Kraken Pod. So uh, they're going to be coming on to discuss the fallout of this trade, what it means for Kraken Nation, and uh, what <laughs> what uh, they have to look forward to over the next couple of years, because they're immediately going into rebuild mode. would love I to guess. hear their so. side of stuff. Me too, because they're a new fan yeah. base. I don't know what the expectations were coming into the season, like if they were happy after the draft. Like, I'm just really interested to talk to them. And are these folks located in Seattle, or are they like, uh, you know, expat fans, like out of, <laughs> out of like Vancouver, <laughs> Toronto, Arizona? Uh, I think they're, <laughs> I think they are out of Seattle. One, uh, oh, Los Angeles, and one a Detroit native, so not from there um it doesn't look like they're actually from seattle they might be we'll ask them regardless we'll have a lot of interesting stuff to ask them yeah so look forward to that that'll be uh holy i'm losing track of days was it tuesday wednesday is wednesday's new jersey you got to play the uh toss salad and uh scrambled egg song from frazier <laughs> when the seattle boys come on um so that's the what are they doing anything special for this next generation or is it just jerseys normally they do like they gear it towards kids right and they'll have 
like they the last couple they did animated things and up on the screen and everything right oh it's that one where the, yeah they had like the the 90s little graphics like on the screen when things happen. yeah like pixelated stuff i oh. think i think it's gonna look like nhl 22 on the ice they're gonna have like circles around whoever has the puck with their <laughs> name I think it'll be something Fox like that. Because I mean, the puck glows. They're gonna do something silly like that, <laughs> honestly. Uh, but by the way, shout out to attract the um, shout out to one of the referees from the Edmonton Oilers game I was at yesterday. So I know we've all been on the refs all year, but the one ref I think it was Reed Anderson took a dry sidle clearing attempt from the front of the net directly to the face, and it. Oh, Ow. he he crumpled instantly. Like it it was bad. He did end up getting up under his own power, but hopefully he's okay. He'd Good be friend. feeling that today. No kidding. Uh, I think we did have a question here. Actually, I wanted to touch before we go. Um, it was less a question, more of a comment. I just you know people take the time to write things, so I gotta take the time to say thank you. Um, I might not be able to find it in time because uh, here. So Pat Hurdle, at Pat Hurdle, thank you. More statement than a question. Getting concerned about the lack of secondary scoring beyond Marner, Matthews, and Bunting. I'm really starting to believe they need to focus on getting another legit top six forward somehow. I'm actually less concerned about the defense. No, not at all. So, yeah. I mean, we talked about this before you came on. It's going to be more moving them around. Exactly. Or if, you know, you pull the parachute, you move, you know, last... Resort has moved Nylander, but nobody wants Who to do that. Who are you going to get so, that's better than Nylander point, to like go in that top six, yeah. though, right? Like, you just have to shuffle the deck to find things. Exactly. And familiarity, I think, sometimes is a good thing with this team, right? Like, you know, you move a guy like Nylander, someone brand new, it might be too much. You know, we got too much going on. Exactly. But I feel like it's going to be like Yahtzee, right? Like, eventually, the, these combinations, you're going to, the dice are finally going to come up in our favor, and we'll find something that actually works. And you, every now and then, you have to switch it up regardless, right? You know, maybe throw Matthews and Nylander, JT and Marner. But uh, it's not a bad question. Like, we've all been asking it. Like, how are we going to get that? You know, we've seen it throughout the season, the secondary scoring, but just it's nice to have it back, right? It's nice to be more consistent. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and I mean, Keith even said it was it was nice to learn that having Tavares in the center there when Matthews is out works, and you know, to keep that in the back pocket. So hopefully, it's more than just if someone's injured or suspended. And he was the captain of the like Islanders forever. An immediate <laughs> target in return. You don't trade a guy like Nylander one day before trade deadline. That's more of an offseason move. We have a lot more suitors in time. Yeah, and that's somebody that you move for long-term investment, like if you're bringing in like a Chikrin on defense, but we've already moved past that and bringing in yeah, Geo. Yeah, so. because now you're seriously altering your team. Yeah. But, but let's ask someone who actually wants to trade Willie. For investment. Sorry, Johnny, sorry. Beaner, no, what do you think we're only... getting for Nylander? Like, what do, like I know Bean, Bean, he's the one in this in this chat that really wants to trade Willie. Like, what do you think? What's going to make you happy? I will... Start by saying, I didn't say I want to trade him, but <laughs> I am realistic. I understand that if you want something of value, you have to give up something of value, which the majority of hockey fans, not even just Leaf fans, the majority of hockey fans don't understand how that works. Oh, we're going to get Shesterkin and we're going to trade a Gatorade bottle and a bag of pucks for him. Like, <laughs> it'll never happen. No. You're lucky if we have the Gatorade bottle still around. Right? And lid's been popped off because everyone is going top cheese on Mrazic. Um, <laughs> if you're going to move someone like Nylander, it, to, yet again, like I said, I'd, <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think it should be for a forward. We can fill what Nylander provides us from within with Robertson. Um, wake Kerfoot up. Give Nyes a shot. Like they've been talking about Nyes having a chance to play in April. That kid can rip them with the best of them. Like, if you're going to move Nylander, you need to fill the glaring holes in defense more, which we have now done. So I don't think that would be needed yet unless they just grenaded in the playoffs again. Now that we've been able yeah. to shore up the defense with Giordano, unless you get some news from Campbell tonight and you really, really, really need to bring in a goaltender. 
And I'm sorry I jumped you on that one, Johnny. It's just like I knew that the fans like needed to hear Bean on that because like there's a lot mm-hmm. of people out there, you know, that are they want Willie traded, but I don't think they have necessary necessarily the right idea. Like it's it's good and all to say trade Willie, but like having a realistic expectation of what we'd be getting back for him or what we need to get back for him is key. Yeah, I mean, we always bring up, you know, the the Jonas Valanciunas. They got Marcus Gasol back. Who is the Marcus Gasol that you can immediately get that's going to make a huge impact on the Leafs tomorrow? And I don't think there is someone available out there right now because the top forward is JT Miller, and I don't think he's going to make a bigger impact than Nylander. And man, to be point, last minute, if you're going to trade him, it's probably going to be for a D-man, and we are logjam at D right now. We're talking who's going to be our six and seven. You're going to bring yeah. someone else in there and then push, you know, them even further back. It's not going to happen. In the offseason, yeah, maybe, you risk, but not right now. You risk pushing... Yeah, and you risk pushing Sandin and Lilligren's development back, but yeah. you knock them out of the lineup. So you got to keep them at least as the Leave left Leave Sandman there. alone. He stays with the Leafs. Amen. By the way, hot... Careful, I don't know if we own <laughs> the rights take, to that. Now that I've seen the Oilers play live, yes, McDavid is incredibly explosive especially when you're sitting down right near, right next to the ice. And offensively, he's probably one of the most dangerous players in the league. Offensively, that's it. In the entire 60-minute game, I saw one defensive play from him. One. That's it. Dreisaitl is a more complete player than McDavid. So the, the McDavid-Matthews debate, it's, it's done. It's over. Matthews is a more complete, valuable player and McDavid. Fight me. You heard it here. <laughs> I've seen him play twice live, and I kind of agree with Beaner. We're just going to let this play out. <laughs> Bring Slow on the hate. Bring on the hate. Edmonton's losing his mind right now the opposite of fading out and you fade it up <laughs> crescendo love it nice, yeah nice crescendo to uh, rub it in edmonton's face love it okay so uh if you're listening on apple podcast remember to leave us a review and five stars please and thank you and if it's anywhere else i think spotify's got the same now and uh you know let us know what you want to see moving forward and leave us questions for our next show and, and leave us a review because there's a greasy son of a gun out there who one starred us. And I can tell you right now, I'm going to find you and I will just beep, 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 block this out with something. Cover it. <laughs> Cover it with something so it makes it sound worse than it is. There we go. Bad things. So what is it that Russell Peters once said? <laughs> Somebody's going to get hurt real bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So do that. Please and thanks. It helps. We made it into the American podcast charts. Yay. Hey, yo. Have a good night. Until next time. Follow Diener and Dirty Brunner and Subby. See me. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. Our next episode is not sponsored by Kraken Black Spice Rum.